Welcome everyone to this week's episode of the Money Mentors Podcast. My name is Glenn Fairburn um, and as always I co-host this program with Nathan Lear. We're both directors and private client advisors at Hewson Private Wealth, which is one of Australia's leading independent financial planning and wealth management firms. Uh, this week Nathan and I have a chat about strategies and opportunities that people can utilize and chat to their advisors about with relation to maximizing their age pension entitlement. Um, largely these strategies relate to reducing your assessable assets. And this is perhaps going to become even more important if the proposed change to refund of imputation credits um, is passed by the uh, opposition, so the current Labor Party, um, which with, with an upcoming election in the next few months. Um, just to remind everyone that this discussion is just of a general nature. So in order to make sure that what we're talking about relates to your specific situation, it is important that you speak to your advisor. Um, so we hope you enjoy the podcast. Welcome everyone to this week's episode of the Money Mentors Podcast. Um, as, as we've done a few times in this podcast, we, we generally like to discuss things um, with our listeners that have, have been raised by our clients or just uh, things that we're talking about to clients in, in, in review meetings and, and just general discussion. Um, and one of the things that has become of greater interest recently um, on the back of the proposed changes to the refund of the imputation credits, which we have spoken about a number of times, so we don't want to really go through that too much. Um, but one topic that does relate to that pretty closely um, is eligibility for the age pension because under the proposal to remove the refund of imputation credits. Um, there is the proposal that those who are eligible for the age pension will, st- will still continue to receive that refund. Um, so eligibility to the age pension is, is at the forefront for a lot of people and in particular those that perhaps aren't receiving the age pension at the moment. So looking at strategies that could, could perhaps um, enable them to not only get a part pension but for a lot of people more importantly um, get back the refund of imputation credits, which you know can be in the thousands of dollars and does impact um, you know the financial situation of, of a lot of retirees. Um, so, so just as a, a little bit of an intro, just to talk about um, the current limits with regard with regards to the age pension at the moment, um, the cutout, which is what we'll focus on um, for, for this podcast. Single homeowners can have up to $564,000 and still receive a part pension. But as soon as they exceed that level, um, the pension is cut out. And when we look at couple homeowners, um, they can currently have up to $848,000 in accessible assets and still receive the part pension. Um, So I, I suppose the focus of today's podcast is really perhaps on those people who have got above $850,000, whether that's in superannuation or personal assets, um, and are looking at the opportunity or, or, in fact, the risk of losing a fair bit of income if this proposal does get through. Um, so Nathan and I thought we'd just talk about some strategies that people can utilise to maximise their pension or even become entitled. And look, this doesn't necessarily just relate to those who stand to perhaps lose imputation credits. It's also those um, who are close to age pension age or even at age pension age that are perhaps looking at um, maximising uh, their age pension entitlement. Um, 
So Nathan, just to kick things off, the, the first topic that I thought we could talk about, um, which is a pretty common sort of strategy, is gifting. Did you perhaps just want to go through the rules surrounding that? Yeah, sure, Glenn. So look, with gifting, um, often this is something clients will, will ask us, can I, can I just give money away to you know, my loved ones to increase my age pension entitlement? And look, obviously, the government has um, thought about this over the years and um, if, if, if wealthy people were to give their money away to the next generation and receive an age pension, that's probably not, it was, not, not what it was designed for. So there is restrictions on how much can be gifted. So just to quickly explain that, um, the maximum that someone um, can gift under the under the selling provisions is ten thousand dollars a year, um, or a maximum of thirty thousand dollars over five years. So what that means, let's say um, somebody wanted to gift their child a hundred thousand dollars for a house purchase, uh, their assets for Centrelink testing are not going to reduce by a hundred thousand. The maximum that they would reduce um, would be thirty thousand um, dollars for for a five year period. So. It just basically is a way where um, I guess there's uh, restrictions around how much you can gift to increase your age pension entitlement. Yeah, I think that's a really good point. Anything else, some, Glenn? Yeah, I was just going to say some people perhaps get confused around gifts and they think that they just can't gift at all. Um, but as you were saying, you can gift as much as you like. It's just that the maximum that's, that Centrelink will reduce your accessible assets by is $10,000. So as you were saying, if you gift 100, that's okay. There's no legal restriction on that but Centrelink will only reduce your assets by uh, the $10,000 and you're still assessed on that 90 so I suppose under that example you just need to be mindful of the fact that it can be a bit of a double whammy because obviously um, your pension will reduce as a result of um, not having well your pension won't reduce but your financial assets will reduce because you don't have the 100 grand invested anymore but your pension won't go up so it's just something to be mindful of isn't it? Yeah, I, I think def, yeah, careful consideration needs to be put into that because, yeah, as you said, if you gift $100,000 but are relying on that income and you're not going to get the full benefit of the pension increase for five years because that's um, you know, the gifting period, how the rules apply. So, yeah, definitely a bit of analysis needs to be put into that. Uh, yeah, I think that's that probably it with that particular one. Look, pretty, pretty straightforward. Just got to make sure that you stay within those um, gifting rules. Uh, the, the next topic that I wanted to talk about um, is probably something that can be considered some way out from retirement. And, and that's the same with gifting. I mean, if you plan early enough, I mean, if, if there is a situation where you want to provide financial assistance to your children, uh, before we move on to the next topic, it is something that perhaps you want to consider, you know, maybe five years plus out from retirement. Would that be fair to say, Nathan? Yeah, good, good point. Yeah, good point. I mean, because you could be a multimillionaire and if you decide you want to gift all your, you know, your children or loved ones all that money, there's nothing stopping you from being eligible for an age pension in five years' time. So, yeah, great point. Forward planning in particular at least five years out with, um, you know, with, with strategies, strategies around gifting. Yeah, and that, that sort of forward planning also relates to the next topic that I was going to talk about, which is potentially bringing forward expenditure. So for a lot of people, if they're working – um, leading up to retirement, there, there may be a lot of things that they've um, delayed or put off. That, that could be things like holidays and renovations. Um, but it may be worthwhile if you're just above the upper threshold, which for a couple homeowner, you know, about $850,000. Um, you know, if, if there's the bathroom or the kitchen that needs renovated, uh, it may be worthwhile doing that 
sooner rather than later. Um, and also things like holidays. So, you know, perhaps bringing forward some of that expenditure to bring, you know, bring your accessible assets down. Yeah, and yeah, definitely, Glennon, you can, some of those things like with holidays, I mean, often people will prepay, um, you know, they'll book it in a year in advance and, um, you know, if it's, if it's 10000 well, actually, that's not, that's, sorry, that's gifting, but yeah, the earlier you pay for it <laughs> from a from a, um, a Centrelink point of view in terms of increasing your age pension, probably the better. Yeah, and, and just obviously with relation to the principal place of residence, so, you know, your family home, because it is a non-assessed asset, um, any value add to that property won't go towards your assessable asset. So this is one, you know, one interesting point that, we, we did raise in a previous podcast in relation to imputation credits, um, which we found a little bit bizarre in that if there's a situation where, let's just say you've got $880,000 um, as a couple and you're not getting the pension, um, if the proposed rules surrounding imputation credits is passed, um, then not only do you not get the pension, but you also miss out on the imputation credit. So, in some ways, there can be that incentive that, um, you know, you might be better off spending some money on the house, which reduces your accessible assets and enables you to regain those imputation credits. So I think that will be something that perhaps a lot of people might consider in future, Nathan. Yeah, look, yeah, Glenn, definitely we covered this in a previous podcast. That definitely an unintended consequence of that policy where if enough people go and, uh, you know, spend money on their home or holidays or whatever it might be, um, reduce their accessible assets to under the, the, the upper threshold, there'll be a lot more people on an age pension than maybe the uh, gov- government modelling uh, intended. Um, so coupled with the fact that they'll also um, continue to receive their franking credits if they receive a part age pension, it could have a, a big impact. So hopefully these things are you know well thought out um, and, and the government you know, looks or both sides of government, that is, just look at, you know, possible uh, consequences of these policies. Yeah, and I suppose just to clarify, we're by no means suggesting that people go out and spend a truckload of money on, on, on their houses, but um, it is something that perhaps is worthwhile discussing with your advisor, like all the strategies that we're talking about. Um, the next one, which I think, um, is, well, from our perspective, is, is a fairly common strategy and something a little bit more technical um, relates to the use of, of superannuation. Um, so superannuation for those who are under age pension age is a non-assessed asset so long as you're not drawing a regular income stream. So if you're um, 60 years of age and you've got money in superannuation that's in that accumulation environment or you know, you're not drawing a regular pension, then it's not assessed by Centrelink. Um, so the opportunity there from an age pension perspective is that if you have, a, or if you are a couple where one of you is perhaps age pension age, but the, the other is a few years younger, there is the opportunity where you can potentially or could potentially withdraw money out of superannuation for the age pension age member. So let's just say up to $300,000 and then recontribute that to the younger spouse. And so long as the younger spouse doesn't set up a regular pension, there's an opportunity where you can reduce your accessible assets by, you know, $300,000 as a lump sum and potentially regain 
um, the, the age pension or, or be entitled to it. Um, so, so that particular strategy can be quite an effective one, can't it, Nathan? Yeah, yeah, definitely one we've looked at, you know, many times for clients and um, definitely, yeah, 100% worthwhile. It can increase dollars in the pocket of age pension recipients. Um, contribution, as you mentioned, Glenn, contribution caps do restrict how much can, can go back in. So, I mean, you spoke about $300,000, which is the maximum that can be made as a non-concessional contribution under the bring forward rule. So, you know, perhaps you could withdraw more, um, but only 300 can go, can go into the accumulation phase for the member that's under the pension age. Um, just one thing to be aware of, which I'm sure people would probably think about this, but when the money does go back into superannuation for the member that is under um, pension age, it is preserved. So um, they just need to be aware that or it may be preserved. So what I mean by that is they might, may not be able to access that money in the event of, I don't know, an emergency or, or just wanting to call on the money. So just something for them to be aware of. Yeah, and just on top of the strategy of potentially withdrawing and then recontributing for the younger spouse, the other more simplistic thing you can do for the member who's younger is just not start drawing a pension. So quite often there's that incentive for those over 60 to start drawing a pension so that the earnings within your super fund are rendered tax-free, um, but that's where you need to weigh up the benefit of having your fund in that tax-free environment uh, versus, you know, getting a, a little bit of age pension. And it, it, going forward, it could be it could mm. mean gaining your imputation credits. Um, was there anything yeah. else you wanted to add to that, Nathan, with regards to using superannuation? No, that, that's, that, that's all, Glenn. That's all for yeah. me. Look, they're probably the main um, strategies to, to consider. I suppose just, just another one that's um, a little less technical is that, that has been used by a few people is just prepaying funeral expenses. So if you pre-purchase a burial plot or, or prepay funeral expenses or even purchase a funeral bond up to $12,500, the amount that you spend can reduce the value of your assessable assets. So, look, this sort of strategy is not for everyone. Um, but it, it, you know, all we want to do is just bring these to your attention, um, not you know, so that you can perhaps talk to your advisor about them and really just consider it for your situation. So, look, we, as I said, we, we've really just spoken about four strategies there that you can consider and and, and I think worthwhile um, discussing with your advisor. Yeah, just one thing, Glenn, I was going to mention was around the. Um the, the, the new downsize provisions which have you know recently been or recently been brought in actually from from 1 July uh, this year so just to quickly explain what that is um, there's an incentive for people that are um, over over 65 which otherwise may not be able to make contributions into super if they downsize their residence they can put money into into superannuation um, up to up to three hundred thousand dollars per member. Now, I, the reason I sort of mentioned this, Glenn, interested in your in your take on this, is I wonder whether people are going to be less in because because that that does the opposite effect of what we're talking about here. It actually it does, yeah. In, it increases your assets for Centrelink testing because you've taken money out of the family home, which is exempt, and in this example, let's say so. Let's say you've got a house worth a million, you sell it for. A million and buy a new one for seven hundred thousand dollars and put that three hundred thousand dollar difference into superannuation. 
your your assets in theory theory from a selling point of view go up by three hundred thousand, which could, you know, that could although you might be able to generate an income stream from that three hundred thousand dollars, at the same time, your pension would fall uh, at a you know at a certain at a certain rate. So just thought I'd you know in the given we're talking about this Glenn in this podcast and more people may be thinking about reducing your ass, reducing their assets to increase their pension. Just wondering whether that would, um, I guess, I don't know, maybe disincentivize people to make use of the downsizer provision. Yeah, I think you're right. It's a, it's a, yeah, it's a really good point because I think that that particular rule was, was arguably brought in to enable retirees to, um, you know, release equity in, in their properties, which, you know, a lot of retirees, if they've owned property for a long period of time, it's probably their biggest asset. Um, so that opportunity was introduced to, supposed to further help people self-fund. Um, but, you know, I think you're right that, you know, will this proposed change disincentivize that strategy where people, you know, who are just on the cusp of pension, what, why, you know, they probably ask themselves, why would I want to utilise this opportunity when all it's going to mean is that um, I miss out on the age pension or I also lose my imputation credit. So, you know, th- there's a lot of things that you hope governments consider um, but there's a lot of things that people need to consider themselves to put them to put them in the best possible position. Yeah, because because if you're on the if you're on the cusp, Glenn, and we spoke about you know that you know anywhere from maybe seven, eight, nine hundred thousand dollars, maybe even a million, and and a client come to us and said, look, I'm looking to to downsize to to make use of that extra three hundred thousand dollars into super. We would need to seriously sit down with them and say, hey, you can definitely do that, but you just got to be aware. You know, you might be in a position where you're, you, if you didn't do that, you'd be eligible for a pension in the next couple of years. And, and if you do that, you, you may never be eligible for an age pension. It doesn't yeah. mean it's right or wrong. It's just something that should be, you know, discussed carefully. Oh, definitely. Because it's not only, look, it, it might only be, you know, a few hundred dollars of pension or, or less than that, but the added benefit is all, all the concessions you get because that can be quite valuable. So that's, that's a few thousand dollars a year, even if you're not getting $2 of pension. And then obviously with the imputation credits, it can be, quite substantial. Um, so I think we'll wrap it up there. As I said, we've spoken about a few strategies that um, you know, people need to consider discussing with their accountants. We spoke about the gifting provisions, um, the utilisation of, of superannuation, if there's an opportunity where one individual is younger than the other, who's perhaps approaching age pension age, looking at bringing forward expenditure, whether that relates to holidays or renovations to their principal residence. And we also touched on prepaid funerals so look as always um, this is you know generic sort of discussion and and we do encourage you to um, speak to your advisor so we hope you enjoyed the podcast thanks everybody for listening again to another episode of the money mentors podcast Um, if you enjoy the the content please do subscribe to the podcast um, via um, any good podcasting app Um, Once again, please check out our major sponsors website, Hewison Private Wealth. Um, So just just search for Hewison Private Wealth online. Also check out Hewison Private Wealth's um, social media channels, Facebook, LinkedIn or Twitter. Um, Thanks again. We'll see you next week.